can you record too? Is that an option? Can I record? Yeah. What does that mean? Like, oh, is yeah, there a rec- I have the record button. Mm-hmm. Can you record what that is- for the video? What do you mean? It says, please ask the host to give you permission to record. All right, let me see. What am I recording? Because you just started recording, right? Yeah, you'll record the video. Oh, I see. There you go. Is that an option? Pause. If you hit record, it records both. Oh, because I'm a blue. Okay, yeah, I'm on the same page now. Yeah. Yeah. So, you asked, will I ever regret not getting a bigger tractor? Is that yeah, the question? Do you, yeah. Do you currently or do you think one day you'll regret not getting a bigger tractor? So, or to phrase it this way, do you think you'll ever need a bigger tractor? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the first half of the question, do I regret not getting a bigger tractor? I regret getting, in a way, I regret getting a tractor. Not because it's not super useful, um, but it's $300 a month. It's one of the only things like I have debt on. That's um, not bad, though. No, it's a car payment, though. You know, like, yeah. that is a car payment. So, yeah. Um, Part of me wishes, like, fix that. Part, part of me wishes that I had gotten an older tractor. Um, but the downside of the older tractor, so the, the plus is no debt. The con is typically right. no front-end loader. And that's a huge con. Right. Like, that front-end loader, I almost didn't buy a front-end loaded tractor. Um, and I talked to my dad and he's like, you're going to use that thing more than you'll ever imagine. And he was right. Right. So on one hand, I kind of regret buying a tractor. On the other hand, I don't. Um, but I think eventually I might need a bigger tractor. The, the reason I say might is like I'm never planning to do um, – man, this thing is second. I'm never planning to grow crops for sale, really. Like I never plan right. on getting into the industrial food market. Um, I plan on doing meat. And right. meat, like I don't have as big of a need for a tractor. Like I really need that front-end loader is what I need. I need the front end loader and I need a manure spreader um, to also spread wood chips and sawdust and whatnot, not just manure, but I can run both of those off my tractor. Um, I guess I should also say I have a 2025 Bobcat tractor. So it's the first number is all as a one, two, three, four, or five. This is for Bobcat, but all these, all the manufacturers have these classes one through five. So I have a mm-hmm. two, which is pretty good sized tractor. A two or a three is where most people live. Some people get into the fours and then like real, like big farmers get into the fives and even bigger than that. Um, so I have a, then the second number is either a one or a zero for Bobcat, which one is enclosed cab, zero is open cab. So I have an open cab, two series, 25 horsepower tractor. So 
2025. The 25 horsepower is where I kind of have regrets. I wish I, I kind of wish I would have gotten like a 2035, but Mm -hmm. the price was like way higher. Um, It was just astronomically more expensive. Um, The other thing about tractors is they have no down pressure on the three point hitch. So like the auger is pretty much useless. Um, But I think eventually I'll be like, damn, I wish in reality, this is what's going to happen. I'll get to where I want to be. I'll have my homestead, farmstead, black market farm, gray market farm, whatever. Right. Ideally, I would like like a, a 1025 tractor. So an even smaller tractor, same amount of horsepower, just smaller. Um, I would like to have that for around the, the, the zone one. It's a zone right. one and zone two tractor. Mm-hmm. And then I would like a zone three and four 3035 or 3045 tractor. Um, but realistically, like I essentially just split the two. So I'm kind of getting the best and the worst of both. So like, I'm still pretty maneuverable, but like, I don't have as much power as I'd like. Um, right. No one ever regrets getting a bigger tractor. Cause I almost got a a 1025 tractor. I was like this close to getting a baby Mm -hmm. tractor. And like it would do everything I need it to. It would just take a lot longer. The implements, like I can run six foot implements, which is kind of cool. Um, what does that mean? Like my box blade and my mm-hmm. my angle blade are six feet long, wide. So like uh, okay. I can do six feet of road maintenance at a time, which gotcha. is like two passes with like a mm-hmm. little leftover and I just don't worry about the sides quite as much or the middle, I guess, technically, because right. I'm, I'm bringing everything back to the middle with mm-hmm. a 1025. I'd only get a four foot and I'd have to run it three times. Gotcha. And it's not like I can go, I can't drag one way and then drag back the other way because I'm on a hill. So when it rains, all my gravel goes down in that holler. And I have mm-hmm. to drag it out. So I have to, I would have to make six passes instead of four, really. Maybe more because gotcha. I can't pull as much weight either. So um, why do you ask? I was just curious. Like I was thinking about, you know, planning my future homestead. And I was, I got like down the rabbit hole of like whether I wanted to like uh, grow, like uh make my own hay and stuff. And uh, I was just, I was just thinking about like what size tractor I would need for that. So my tractor would do that. Um, like you could, you could, you could pull like a, pull a small like baler on the back. Yeah. And all here you go. This is uh here you go. Polyface micro uh, by Joel Salatin growing your own feed. Now I'm skipping a lot of context, unless you don't right. want me to. Actually, I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead and do it. Um, so it's just talking about growing your own feed as opposed to buying it. Um, not mm-hmm. necessarily hay, but feed. Right. So da 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 da. So it's talking about grains and corn, uh, blah blah blah. It's all ground cracked, crimped, or crushed. Digesting it takes a lot of energy. 
is talking about how pigs aren't capable of handling whole corn until they're older, like six months, their teeth can't handle it. So it has to be crushed. Um, Mm. So he put it into perspective and I'm going at this cold. So like um, I haven't read this and, you know, since I actually read it, but I marked it. Um, Let's assume each, I'm skipping a lot, but let's assume a quarter acres of corn produces 11,200 ears. If you shuck as you pick, allowing 10 seconds per ear, you could harvest those ears in about 18 hours. The next step is to get the kernels off the cob. Um, Assuming a quarter pound of kernels per ear, these 11.2,000 will give you about 2,800 pounds. You can put 12 ears a minute through the sheller, and that'll take you about 15 hours. So we're at 32 hours of labor already and to get 2,800 pounds of corn. Um, is, that, is that a lot or not? That's, well, he goes into it more. Um, okay. You'll have half a day, or whether you invest in small mill or take it to a neighbor who has one, you'll have half a day in this process, even if you make it to the neighbor with, take it to the neighbor with a tractor PTO-powered grinder mixer. You'll need a vessel to hold all the corn. At seven pounds per gallon, you'll need about 400 gallons of capacity or 54 cubic feet. So seven fifty-five gallon barrels. Um, after four hours, you'll have cracked or ground corn. Uh, the bottom line is that in our corn example, we've invested thirty-five hours to get twenty-eight hundred pounds of corn. If our time is worth twenty dollars an hour, and we say half of this is fun and games because we really aren't in a business, then our labor Wait. to do all this is worth three hundred and fifty dollars at ten dollars an hour. Thirty-five times ten. Uh, yep. And then let's fix the oversight. Oh, we didn't put any time into growing the corn, buying the seed or prepping the ground. So you can see like where this is getting really expensive to make your own feed. Um, and then you have, so at the end of it, long story short, you have $600 in labor, uh, and you come to 21 cents a pound and you can buy corn for 10 cents a pound. All that to say, to make it yourself, it's almost twice as expensive. Damn. And that's only because there's farms that are like, that's what they do, you know? Like, if I was to say, uh, you know, if I was to tell one of our listeners, like, hey, uh, go build a table, it's like, okay, yeah, they could do it. They could buy the machinery. And like, even if it's basic shit at the end of the day, mm-hmm. it's still cheaper for them to pay someone to like me to just build it for them. Cause I have all that already. Interesting. Yeah. That's something I've struggled with as well, because there's a, uh, there's that local guy over in Bumpus that I get all my feed from and he's only got 10 acres. Like that's all he's got. He's got three silos full of uh, feed. And I'm like, I don't understand it. Like he's got a lease land or something because like, yeah, something's not adding up. But that's what he does, you know. That is his business. So, like, it's it's uh, 
it's easier for him to stay competitive because my feed is 36 cents a pound used to be like 20 cents a pound and then COVID and all that shit. It just kind of like made everything more expensive, I guess. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. But the main reasons, yeah, yeah. like, what are you thinking uh, you might use your tractor for? Um, I don't know. That's, that's kind of why I was thinking about it was I was trying to think what would I use it for. Um, I guess uh, mostly kind of the way you use yours, just like, you know, moving stuff and, and doing just general stuff around the homestead. But, like, I hadn't really thought about how much I wanted to get into, like, you know, like we talked about, you know, growing my own feed and stuff. Yeah. Um, See. I mean, I guess a lot of that cost is your time. It is time, you know, it's, you know, it's a lot. It takes a lot of time. But if you're doing it just, you know, for the experience or whatever, then it's really not as much a cost issue except for the machinery. Yeah. So that's – that's where it gets, you know, tricky because if you're not worried about time, I mean, I guess you're fine, but like that's the most valuable and finite resource is time. Yeah. Well, so there's, there's two ways I think about that is one is, is it's a learning experience. So like, you know, the time to me, it would never be time wasted. It's time that, you know, I'm spending doing something that I enjoy and trying to like expand, you know, my knowledge and skill set. on the flip side of that. It's like, you're still buying feed until, you know, you've, you can do it well, essentially. So like you fuck it up, then you've been, you've been buying feed and you'll continue to buy feed. Um, and then at that point it feels like a, like a waste. Um, yeah. It's yeah, t- in the words just... of Brad Paisley, it would be time well wasted. Yes. Yeah. Like, but so like I said, people, if you were still yeah. buying feed, like then it's kind of a that's hard to hard to to swallow. Yeah, yeah. for me, it's like I uh, I think about the tractor use and what I've really used it for, and when I've used it, and there was no other option. So like. Mm-hmm. I tried to use it to auger some holes for the fence. Really, all it was good for is I would hand dig them one post hole digger wide. So, you know, what is that? Seven inches, something yeah. like that. And, uh, but I have a six inch diameter post I'm putting in the ground. So essentially, mm-hmm. I would dig the depth, back the tractor up, and then put a 10 inch auger down in it. And it was a, uh, it was broken up enough that I could turn that six inch to a 10 inch in like, you know, 10 seconds or so. And that's really where it shined, but I still had to hand dig every hole, you know, um, Hmm. the, let's see, dragging some of the clearing the woods out. Oh my God. I didn't have to use the tractor, but I did it in, I did the entire front half of the property and like, two hours maybe like my wife's standing here 
Yeah. So I did the front half of the property in two hours and it would have taken me like forever to do it by hand with a rake. Instead, yeah. I dropped I dropped the angle blade and literally drug all that um, debris and whatnot out and then put all the good soil in the garden. And, like, to do that with a wheelbarrow, a shovel, and a rake would have taken forever. Um, you I know, mean, that's I, why you got the tractor. Yeah, I could, was, I could never. Like one of the uses. Yeah, I could never maintain the road without yeah. it. Um, like, yeah, I just... I have to have it for the road mostly, but it's proven useful in other, Oh, dragon. Like, uh, I drug like a three, not three, probably two and a half foot diameter log. That was 20 feet long with it. And it's like, well, yeah, a truck will do that, but a truck isn't going to navigate through the woods like a tractor. I just dropped the bucket and like dropped the attachments. And now it's only like, you know, nine feet long maybe i'm i'm guessing but it's been nice there's definitely been stuff where i've used it and i didn't have to like i carried up those four foot logs that were like 20 18 to 20 inches in diameter on my back once i got the tractor i didn't do that shit no more like i'm not like carry (laughs) yeah i mean doing that by like manually that's taking like time and off your life you know that's like backbreaking work so that <laughs> that is definitely yeah. more effective to use the tractor dude some of those logs yourself. were like 300 pounds like in the only yeah, reason i know that is because like we squat so much like yeah i know what 300 and 400 pounds on my back feels like and that was easily 300 pounds because i could like Damn. barely get it up to my shoulder and then i had to walk uphill with it and it's like no. And so then I started dragging him with a chain on the tractor and I was like, you know, this is still kind of hard. And I was like, ah, I'm going to use my brain here. I'm going to get downhill, put the bucket down and roll the log into the bucket and pick it up with the bucket and drive it up there and dump yeah. it where I want it. And I was like, that's genius. Why didn't I do this? Like from the beginning, <laughs> it's not genius. It's common sense, but yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So like all this started, I was just like kind of like I was at work with nothing to do, and uh, I was just sitting there, you know, reading some stuff, watching some videos. Yeah. <laughs> and this guy was like, he had a like, old ass tractor, and it, he, I guess, he bought like a just as old, if not older, like square baler, and he actually grew like um, like the alfalfa and like you know cut it with a. Um, was it like a sickle bar? Yeah. Like the yep. long thing that goes off the side. He did, he did all that. Oh, like I was, okay. I was thinking that's what, that's what got me on like the, what size tractor would I need? And then it got me to like, would I want to do that? And I don't think that's, yeah. I mean, it, it's hard, it's hard to say sitting here, but my buddy, this is what um, I think about when I have free time. Yeah. You know, our friend that lives down like, in the southern part of the county, mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere, he's yep. got a uh, he's got an old Ford two thousand, I think. Mm. It's uh, it's it doesn't have a front end loader, but he's it runs runs good. He's got a PTO, and I think it's like a forty horsepower tractor, and he'll he can do a lot of work mm. with that thing. The biggest thing that he 
hates is not having that front end loader. And he's like, man, I just wish I had it. Like prime example, he had, he has that uh, wood miser sawmill Mm -hmm. and uh, he was getting the head on top of it. Like you have to pick it up and set on it and it's like 700 pounds. And he was like, well, I could use like a chain hoist and come along and like pick it up and then set it down on it. But then my sawmills in my barn because that's what I have to attach it to. And right. he was like, I, I, the tractor doesn't have a loader, so I can't pick it up. And I, he was like, well, your tractor do it. And I was like, 700 pounds? Oh, yeah, it'll do that. And uh, he's like, how tall will it go? I was like, 10-ish feet, like tall enough that I can't reach it. And he's like, man, that'd mm-hmm. be perfect. And he ended up getting a buddy with a skid steer to do it, I think. But it's like, you know, it's just one of those things. You can overcome it. Joel, he always says, don't do what I did and buy a new tractor. If you're if you're trying to get into it, always borrow your neighbors. Who's the fool who bought it? And that'd be me. Um, <laughs> um, but he also says, and this is where it gets tricky. When you borrow it, borrow the neighbor. Because if they break it doing it, right. that's different than if you break it doing it. Absolutely. And that's where it gets tricky because, like, I'm one of those people. If you came to me and you're like, hey, Cody, can I borrow your tractor? I'd be like, yeah, here's a basic rundown. You know, go forth and do what yeah. you want. But if you're like, hey, Cody, can you come do it? I'm like, uh, I don't know, man. Like. I'm kind of busy. <laughs> I got that thing. It's my cat's birthday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, uh, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, uh, my dad has a Kubota and that's another whole thing. Like you could do, you could go into brands. Um, Trigy <laughs> has a Kubota. I think Trigy's got like the, the one, like the smallest one, which is still, it's a freaking tractor. Like, yeah, it's the smallest tractor, but it's still a, a tractor. Um, but Trigy loves his and he borrows his neighbor's implements cause they have like the same size tractor. And my dad mm-hmm. has like a 40 horsepower Kubota. That's more on par with what I have, just more powerful. And I borrow his implements. Right. <laughs> so, um, you know, that, that's I, something to factor in when you're buying a tractor. <laughs> yeah, it really the price. So like Bob, I have a Bobcat. Um, I love it. But when I was buying them, they had two options. You could finance it at 0% interest, which is what I ended up doing, but they tack on like 1% of the price. So they add 1% of the overall price, which mine was like a 20,000 or $18,000 tractor. So it was uh, what's that? That's a, that's only like two hundred bucks, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was like, no brainer. That's not even a payment. Whatever. Um, the other option, which I would have rather done, is the base tractor was literally thirteen thousand dollars. That was it. Um, with no front end loader and no attachments. But if you paid that 13,000 in cash, you got the $7,000 loader for free. 
So hmm. if I had had 13 grand lying around, I would have gone that route because no uh, debt and the free front end loader. But I mean, at the same time, the reason I bought new is the price of a used tractor. Most people want an arm and a leg. Like I found a yeah, guy that was yeah. asking $2,500 for a 1940 something Ford eight end tractor, no front end loader, like 28 horsepower. And that was the best price. Most of them are around five grand. And I was like five grand or 20 grand. And it's 70 years or 80 years newer. And I was like, yeah, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get a new tractor. Um, Depends on the brand too, honestly. Yeah. But a lot of those buy John Deere. Oh dude, I will never buy a John Deere. Yeah. When I, I went and looked at them, I went and looked at John Deere and I had been doing a lot of research. Like I had looked at to, uh, mm-hmm. I looked at Kubota, Coyote, Bobcat, um, Massey Ferguson, New Holland. Like I looked even the uh, Rural King brands. Like I considered all options. I quickly ruled out the uh, Rural King and the Coyote. Maybe no, no. I definitely ruled out the Rural King, and I went and looked at New Holland. And the New Holland dealer that's like five minutes from my house, because this is farmland. This is this is farmland. Right. Um, all they had was like industrial tractors. And I was like, that won't even fit like in my property. <laughs> like I can't oh even God. turn it around. So I was like, that's out. Um, and then I was like, okay, so I can get a two series Bobcat for like 18 to 20 grand. Let me go see what John Deere costs. So I walk, well, I drive across the street from the New Holland dealer and uh, I go in, I ask for a brochure and they're like, oh, blah, blah, I don't have, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, what are you looking at? And I was like, God dang it. Now I got to listen to this whole sales pitch. And I was like, a tractor, mm-hmm. preferably a two series. And they're like, well, all I've got is one series on the lot. It's a, uh, it was essentially Bobcat's uh, 1025 a one series 25 or 23 horsepower tractor, something like that. And I was like, okay, um, what's that running? And they were like, okay. So with the, they were like, it's right at uh 21 grand. And I was like, holy shit. Like that's an entire step down. Like it's half the size mm-hmm. and it's just as expensive. And they were like, Oh, but that's with the finishing mower. And I was like, Oh, well, I don't, I don't need the finishing mower. What's it cost with the, uh, without it. And they're like 18. And I was like, okay, you guys have a nice day. God bless. <laughs> like, what did the Bobcat uh, one series run at? <clears throat> with like, the front end loader. For? Sure. I think 15 grand. Uh, okay. Actually, yeah, dude. Yeah. it may have been 13. It, it was really like, that's a lot of money, but that's pretty affordable. Like if you want to think of it, I know I talk about not going into debt. We have no car payments. Like yeah. it, it, it wasn't going to really strap us. Um, but say it's 15,000. That's going to, 
Yeah, that's that's under two hundred and fifty bucks a month. So like, not a small amount of money, but cancel your cable, like watch your uh, electric use, and you know try and cut down in other areas, and you can like reallocate the money you were spending on bullshit towards that. Yeah. Plus, that'll end up you know making you money in the long run. It'd definitely make your life easier. Yeah. So I uh I I don't know. The twenty five is kinda like the homestead level to me, that twenty five horsepower range. You know, once you start getting into farmstead, Yours it's seems really like the perfect size. Physically like for like the yeah. Like well yeah. really for all for all, all of it. Like it's just like that kind of seems like where you want to be at for most of like homesteading tasks you have to do. Mm-hmm. It's when you get into farming that's like, okay, now we're probably looking at something. Here's the, here's the number one problem with tractors and tractor owners, and I have not fallen victim to it yet, but I've watched my dad fall victim to it. A, a tractor is not a skid steer, and you need to realize that before you even buy one or look at one. Like, it is not a piece of heavy machinery. It's a piece of agricultural machinery, not construction. There's a huge difference. A skid steer, I've mm-hmm. seen, I've taken a skid steer and lifted um, a solid co- piece of concrete that is 12 feet in diameter, that's a circle, and four feet tall. And it lifted it like it was nothing. It just picked it up. And I was like, holy fucking shit. Like, mm-hmm. That's thousands, that's tons. We're talking tons when we talk about skid steers. When we talk about tractors, like my tractor will lift 1,700 pounds, like um, physically off the ground. It will not, it will not curl 1,700 pounds. This bobcat curled tons. Like it picked up, um, we routinely pick up 105 boards that are solid oak wet freshly cut and 16 feet long like it's enough that um you can't haul it on a truck like it's it's well over Mm -hmm. a ton it's probably three thousand pounds um and we routinely pick them up with the skid steer at work so like when you start thinking oh yeah i'll uh I'm going to clear this whole forest out. I'm going to push these trees over. I'll regrade the land. Um, you know, I can do this and that. No, no, you can't. You're going to tear your tractor up. Like, um, realistically, my dad, he always tells me he should have bought a skid steer. But the difference is he paid 30000 for a tractor versus 130000 for a skid steer. Yeah, I may have been one of the people to to fall victim to that if you hadn't said anything. Not not yeah. so much like, I mean, I wouldn't have ruined the tractor because I'm smart enough to know when to stop. But I would have probably tried to like do some grading with it. Yeah, probably well, wouldn't have worked out very well. You can grade with it. Like I grade my yard, and um, when I ripped out the front yard and did the garden, I used the tractor. So I was like, okay, this is going to be a garden. There's going to be a pathway and there's going to be a fence. So like I had a plan, but nothing was there. And I was like, okay, 
first of all, the people that built my house did a shitty job with the grading because all the water runs right to the house. So I cut a swale out with the box blade and because there's no trees, there's no um, root systems or anything like that, it, it'll do that fine. Um, mm-hmm. So I graded that out and then tilled it up, not with a tractor, but with a tiller, like a walk-behind tiller. Um, and then after I was done, I put in the pathway, built the fence. You've seen that. But um, yeah. it'll do that. But like when I was cleaning out the forest and dragging you get caught on a stump and mm-hmm. the front end of the tractor lifts up and you're like, Whoa, shit. <laughs> and you, you know, you kind of just have to work around it. Whereas with a skid steer, you'd be like, Oh, okay. There's a stump plow. Like right. just go right through it, push it over. Yeah. Yep. You know, you could put a forestry mulcher on that skid steer and turn that entire stump into nothing. Like it's not a stump grinder. <sighs> this is so hard to explain. I guess use the machinery for what it's for. Like, don't try and use it. Like that old saying, everything's a hammer if you swing it hard enough. Like there's a guy at work who routinely uses his tape measure as a hammer with screws. It's a, it's a thing. Um, It works, but like, wouldn't you Hmm. rather just have a drill? (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know. That's it. Yeah, I mean, that like, goes back to what we talked about, like, running the equipment. Like, if you need to do something right, right, go rent the proper equipment and just do it, you know? Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of, like, what I've come to is I don't think they rent tractors. Um, no. N- not, not to my, my knowledge. knowledge. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't think that's But you can thing. rent a skid steer. Yeah. But here's the other thing. You also don't want to go too big. Right, because you can rent a skid steer for five hundred ish dollars a day, or you can buy a tractor for three hundred dollars a month. So it's like, do I need it for three days and I'll never use it again, and I need to do some heavy work, or is this something I'm going to use routinely and it's for agricultural homesteading type task? You know? Oh yeah, yeah. I was I was more talking about like if you like need the heavy machinery, like don't, you know, don't fuck up your good equipment doing something you shouldn't be doing. Like go rent the proper equipment, get it done. And then, yeah. you know, do it properly. But yeah. I was the like, flip side. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, you're, you're good. On the flip side, you know, it took me two hours to clear out the woods with the tractor. I probably could have done it in 30 minutes with that skid steer and a bucket. Um, right. Like yesterday, or I'm sorry, Friday at work, um, we had a lot of grading to do. And like I did it, I started at three and I was done at 3.15. It's like, it's so easy once you get the hang of it. Like, Mm -hmm. so, and like I can't justify a skid steer on a homestead, period. I couldn't. No. Like, I, I just couldn't, not for a hundred, even if you got one used and say you got a steal and like paid 50,000, like I can't justify $50,000 for a skid steer. I just, I can rent one a hundred days, like for that price. Yeah. I was just saying like, you know, you have to think about how much it's going to cost you renting that. So like, 
you know, you just said if you call, if it costs you, if you bought it for fifty thousand, and then you have to pay what five hundred dollars a day, roughly. So hundred. So a hundred. Are you going to need a hundred days use of a skid steer? Probably not. Yeah. Like you may need it like occasionally over the course of your life. I still don't think you'll end up with a hundred days worth, and that's yeah. to break even. And you're not even considering. I did like, the same math with a, a stump grinder. Oh really? Yeah. Like uh, I was just, I was thinking about like if I had to get, you know, if I had to get rid, rid of some stumps, you could you could burn them, like from the inside out. And the 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 pro with that is you're not like the the whatever the is left underneath where you burn at. It's not going to just die and, and rot and create a hole at some point. Whereas if you just grind it off, it's going to die and decay. Yeah. But it's like you can get a, I think you can get a, a pretty decent stump grinder for five thousand. And if you can, and if you can do like you know, I think I was doing the math at like five a day, which is pretty conservative. You should be able to do more than that. You would only need like, fuck, what was it? It wasn't. It, I forget what it was, but it wasn't a whole lot of stumps. It was something that you could probably justify if you had the means to. Um, yeah, there's you know, a like, lot of guys. A yeah, there's a lot of guys that'll take a stump grinder and like they charge like six hundred dollars to grind a stump. Mm. Like it's pretty good ROI, really, as long See, as you that, got the business. A, yeah. That's a perfect yeah. example where, like, you buy it for what you're doing and then decide to, like, do it on the side. It's a no-brainer. Right. You know. Yeah, for the cost, yeah. the ROI is great. Have you seen the polyface method um, for stump removal? Or, mm, like, I guess I'm, just felling trees in general? I don't believe so, no. So they basically cut the tree down and then they cut it flush with the ground. Um, they, like, you dig it out around it the best you can so you don't completely jack up your saw. And then they cut right. the stump off as low as they can, and then they cut a bevel around it at, like, an angle and mm-hmm. rebury it. And so it does stick up a little bit, but he talked, Joel talks about this in converting forest to pasture. I'd have to go through my notes, but... The, the gist of it is, is after you do that, you can run a tractor through there. And if you cut your bevel right, your implements should bounce over or around it, right? So um, that's kind of, I haven't tried it firsthand because I'm not converting any more of my woods into pasture. Um, right. You know, I think the next time I'll do it, instead, I'll rent a excavator. And I'll cut the tree off. Um, well, realistically, I probably won't cut the tree off. I'll probably take in the excavator and just reach up high so I get that mechanical advantage of the lever and push it over. Because mm-hmm. that's what uh, that's what one of the guys we used to work with did when he cleared this out. And I yeah. was, like, blown away how well it worked. I was like, there's no way that excavator's pushing that tree over. It's like a two-foot oak tree. And he pushed it over like it was nothing. I was like, damn. <laughs> wow. 
So, but yeah, interesting. But what? <laughs> so you said you were thinking about the homestead, the future one. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of. I mean, I you know, I'm still a little ways away from even having one. But I that's what I think about when I have free time on a daily basis. You know, like what what my plans are. It's hard to really like actually get to any concrete design because you know I haven't looked at land yet. But I just I kind of think about where I want to be at some point and and how best to get there. I guess is the best way. Yeah, my wife and I were talking. I was gonna say it's hard because like I can get caught up in all these like basically go down all these rabbit holes and spend like hours. I got to be careful, but yeah, my wife and I were talking about the plans this morning and like, I told her realistically, like, look, I don't want to grow crops. I don't want to be the guy growing crops for the farmer's market. Like I will do it, but it's Mm -hmm. not going to be like, Oh, Cody's farm known for growing crops. Like that's not what I want people to come to my farm for. Like, I want to be raising livestock. Like I want to be producing meat. And I'm right there with you. I will dabble in the plan. I'm this may totally change, but the plan is to do um rotational grazing and raise livestock and then dabble in crops and you know feed ourselves, sell the excess kind of thing. Like just minimize yeah. waste. You know, if it doesn't sell, compost it, feed it to the pigs, chickens, whatever. Um, yeah, so but, you're talking like sell the extra when you have it type deal, not like yeah, not, or not give it away. Crops to sell, yeah. Give it away, trade it, you know, yeah. reuse it for something else. Like, I don't know. Um, I don't have a passion for um, – plot twist. I don't have a passion for monocropping, but like, um, I just don't have that drive to be like, yeah, I want to be known for growing vegetables or I want to be known for my orchard or whatnot. Like I want our farm to be known for how small the footprint is on the environment. And like, I've been noticing and you're going to notice it too, because I guess we haven't announced you're coming to work with us me oh yeah starting tomorrow yeah, i guess we had that co- yep yeah bright and early yeah so rob's joining the fencing company and we do a lot of uh fencing <laughs> for farms and Shocker. i've noticed yeah <laughs> so i've noticed do you remember when organic was all the rage like really all the rage and everyone was like organic, organic. And then it kind of got co-opted and now it's like organic can organic pork can be raised in two concrete cells. All it needs is all the uh, pig needs is like X amount of hours of daylight access per day and like X amount of square footage and it's organic. No, no GMO, no uh, GMO crop feed, no uh, antibiotics, that kind of stuff. And that's considered organic. And I'm like, Okay. Yeah, once now the I'm FDA seeing, got on the organic thing, that was yeah, it lost all meaning. I'm seeing the same thing with regenerative farming now, and it it bugs me. Um, yeah. 
because how to put this, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings there. This is, this is the conclusion I've come to regenerative farming, farming in general is a scale, right? So if we have industrial farming at zero and like the most regenerative we can be at 10 people are like, yeah, I'm building a regenerative farm and like we're fencing it as a company. And I'm like, huh? Interesting. I don't see it. And like, they're like, it's regenerative, blah, blah, blah. We're rotating our, our animals. And I'm like, okay, that is good. Like that will lead you in the right direction, but we're installing livestock waters on, on this property. And they're like, yeah, well they need water. And I'm just like, ah, you're so close, but no, like, I I don't think that's the answer. (laughs) Yeah. And they're like, well, no, it's easy. Like we just, we, for those who don't know, a, a livestock water is, um, it's a system that ties into a water source 90, not actually 100% of the time I've done them at work. It is always off of a well. Um, the problem with that is wells use electricity and pumps and it's not really regenerative. It is, but right. it's not. So that's kind of what I'm getting at is there's a scale and I see people now we pretty much only do quote unquote regenerative farm fencing. The problem is they're not fully regenerative. Like as much as I personally would like it to be. And, um, the, the reason being mostly because of that watering system. And then the second reason being shade or the size of the paddock. So I'll, I'll dive into shade first. We go and fence all these properties in, and there's like three trees in the paddock. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like if you have three trees in every paddock and, you're not rotating them. They're going to specific. I'm talking cattle specifically. They're going to congregate under that tree and stomp the living shit out of that ground. And I've seen it. Like I see it everywhere I fence. So I don't like trees in my paddocks. Um, I much prefer the mobile trailer shade structure where it's like, Hey, there's no soil over there. I need the cattle on that place that they don't want to be. How do I get them there? Well, if there's shade in this nice lush green area and shade on the rocks, they're not going to take the shade on the rocks. They're going to go to that green area. So like, I don't want trees in my paddock. I want grass in my paddock and I want to control where the, the shade is. And this goes back to the problem with watering, especially with waterers is that water isn't mobile. It's a pipe that's 24 inches underground and that waterer never moves. So they stomp the shit out of that area. Um, It's a high impact zone. And so that's what I try to get, I'm trying to get away from these high impact zones. Um, And then with the size of the paddock, the third thing is they're making them too big. It's like, if you make them too big, you're almost not, rotationally grazing properly because you're still allowing them to eat one species they love. They're always going to eat dessert first. So if they eat it here and the paddock's too big, they'll be like, oh, I'm out of dessert. Let me walk over here and find more dessert. 
But when you take away the opportunity for them only to eat essentially ice cream and brownies, they start to eat those other species and that encourages growth. Um, now the reason we want them in, in these rocky areas or less fertile areas is we want them to poop there. <laughs> That's really what we're right. going for. That builds soil. Um, so by controlling where the shade is and being able to move it around and controlling where the water is and being able to move it around, um, and restricting our paddock size a little bit, I'm not saying confined spaces are like inhumane. I'm just saying we need to be conscious of it, but by doing those things, we can actually bring those less fertile areas to more fertile areas and therefore increase the amount of cattle or livestock we can have in that paddock because now instead of you know 50% of it being good grass now it's 60 and then 70 and this takes decades this takes a long time but that's the goal right so um rabbit hold but anyway uh yeah so like you're thinking the same thing, like mostly meat. Oh yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I, what I want to get to. I mean, I want to have like, I want to dabble in, like, I want to start an orchard. That's probably the first thing I'll do because it takes the longest. Um, and I want a garden. I want, but like you said earlier, it's only to, for me and my family. And then the rest, I'll either you know, trade or give away to you know people or whatever. But it's mainly just what we need. Um, and it's it's the meat that I really want to like, get heavy into. Yeah, really. Um, people don't think about it, but chickens. Right now, uh, my boss is real heavy into goats and lamb. Uh, they're doing really well on the market. He is. He is on that scale of regenerative farming. I don't know all his details, and I don't want to just be like, rah, like that's not regenerative. I, I don't know all the details. What I do know is he rotates his goats three times a day, supposedly. I think hmm. that's what he's doing, which is a lot. That is a yeah. lot of moving, which is great. I mean, that's cool. Um, I, I don't have a problem with that. And, I mean, it's his farm. I'm, I'm I'm not going to tell him how to run his farm, but um, I don't, I think he's either hauling water or something. I'm not exactly sure how, how the water situation works, um, but I do know he is really into regenerative farming and not into the traditional methods, which is pretty cool as I think he's like a seventh generation farmer. So like on his dad's side. So like, it's pretty cool that he has kind of broken the mold away from the industrial method. And he was like, no, I don't want to do it that way. Um, but I do know like for our, our farm, the goal is raise mostly meat, uh, management intensive grazing. So rotating daily. I want, uh, let's go back to water. Everything revolves around water. And I've already said that, like, I don't like wells and I don't like waterers. So if I'm not using that, what am I doing or what am I planning to do? And you have a couple options. You can uh, haul water. That's probably the worst option. I'd rather use a well than haul water because water weighs eight pounds a gallon 
and you're talking hundreds of gallons depending on the animal um, and depending on how many species of animal you can forget it like you're going to be hauling water every day that's going to be you're going to be looking for someone you're going to put an ad in in the paper and it's going to say wanted water hauler that's what it's going to say (laughs) because you're not going to have enough time or enough money or (laughs) enough containers to do it um and then it comes in where are you getting that water anyway if you're getting it from a well you might as well just run a freaking waterer um, yeah. or run a series of quick connects where you can attach a hose and then fill it in various places. That's probably what I would do if I had no other choice. But um, ideally what I would like to do is get, um, I was talking to shit. I just doxed him. I'll have to edit that out. I just talked to Smokey um, about a piece of property, him and his, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was talking to Smokey about a piece of property, him and his girlfriend, I think just bought, like, I think their contract was just accepted. And he was telling me it's hmm. mostly hillside and there's 250 feet of ele- elevation difference. And he was like talking about some of the challenges. And I was like, there are challenges. Like I have that problem. You've been to my house. It is literally, I own a hill. Like, and I guess technically the lowland between the other hill that whoever the hell owns that has. Um, there are some major challenges with slope, um, which we've talked about. But the I, I was basically like, hey, don't forget, that's a huge advantage too. Like I would almost rather have a mountainside than a piece of flat land because – I can do something with a mountainside, not that you can't with a flat piece of land, but when you have a big elevation change like that and you have uh, the terrain he has, which is down like in the, you know, the main part of uh, the Blue Ridge Mountains, Appalachian Mountains, um, you can, you can do what I'd want to do. And that is essentially build a high elevation pond with an overflow, uh, an overflow pipe, so it doesn't wash out your dam, but on the bottom, you put a uh, a piece of flexible poly pipe tied to an empty gas can with a uh, 16-inch string connected to the end. So no matter where the water level is, you're still 16 inches under the surface. And just like in the fire department, where do you want to draft? You know. 12 yeah, to 24 below. inches, yeah, below the surface. That's the best water. Um, you you cut down on your silt and your, your clogging problems. And right. essentially, this high elevation pond uh, holds hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands, you know, a series of ponds could hold millions of gallons of water, and it's all gravity-fed. And so you put no energy into collecting it and no energy into using it, minus the upfront cost, of using like an excavator to build it and then you you got to pack it and get like a water stop so water doesn't seep around that bottom pipe but a couple bags of concrete run a machine for a day throw some corn in the bottom turn some pigs loose to pack it and you're off to the races and then after that everything is above surface um of course it's seasonal it'll freeze in the winter but in the winter time we shouldn't be running livestock anyway yeah. Right. So, um, 
they still need water, but, um, you know, if I had to use a well for two to three months out of the year and the other nine to 10, I can use gravity. I'm using, I'm doing that. Hell yeah. That's a really smart way. Yeah. Well, you could also, if you had the, the desire, um, it's a lot of work, a lot of work, but you put that flexible pipe, um, 18 inches underground. Cause that's the frost line here in Virginia. It never gets that fucking cold, but you know, that's the frost line. So I would do it that way, but you put it underground and then, so we have this long flexible poly pipe, 18 inches underground from the top of our property down to our grazing land. And then we essentially established quick connect points with a piece of PVC that's insulated that runs from the 18 to 24 inch deep pipe up to the surface and it's capped. And so even in the winter time, um, you know, if you bring your livestock indoors into hoop houses or whatever you have, all you need is one. You just need one really if you plant it right and everything's in the same location, you run mm-hmm. one pipe from the pond down to this main area with a quick connect in various spots. And all you do is pop the cap off, put the hose down into the quick connect, turn the valve, and now you still have water coming through um, in the winter time. That would be the dream, right? That's the dream. Uh, yep. But it's a lot of work because between that pond and you is probably not you know, the softest rock free, root free, tree free, shrub free ground in the yeah. world. Like it's a mountain. Definitely so, be some work involved with that, but yeah, that that's how I'd like to do it is I, I'm definitely doing ponds. Um, because, you know, a lot of people say, well, what about the drought? Well, take advantage of the opportunity. You know, the bottom of a pond is some of the most fertile soil you'll ever find um, just because of all the wildlife and it's fairly undisturbed. Um, So if it dries up, get down there with the tractor and the front end loader and start scooping it up and put it in the manure spreader and start spreading it on your fields. Like it will rain again. Eventually it will rain again. (laughs) So yeah. And even if it's an inch, you know, we've talked about the, the rain collection system I have and how, if it rains, like I can get hundreds of gallons that's off a thousand square foot roof. We're talking acres of runoff into a pond. Like even if it only rains an inch, two inches, you're going to get a shitload of water. Like yeah. you, you really should be able to, uh, to make it work. And then, uh, ideally with that overflow pipe, I would like to run it to a second pond. So it's like, Oh, first pond's full. Let's just let this run off and go wherever it goes. No, yep. like I want that water too. I want all of it. <laughs> so time, yeah, and that'd, that'd be a key part there. Yep. Time and water are some of those like super valuable resources. For sure. Um, trying to think, but yeah, like I'd like to do the mobile shade structure. Um, I'd like to completely wipe out every freaking tree in my paddock and my grazing area. Um, not that I want to deforest my land. 
I personally want like a, I'm spitballing here. I'm thinking like a one to four, maybe a one to five ratio of grazing land to woods. Um, because eventually like I want a sawmill, uh, and I, I want to be able to cut my own lumber and, you know, it's, it goes back to this whole permaculture design. So it's like, Oh man, I need to build another mobile runout shed or whatever, which is something I haven't seen done, but like, I want to do that. Um, well, that's a huge upfront cost. Well, well, what if I need the runout shed? I could make another pond by clearing this low area, dam it up, take the wood that I harvested and make the runout shed. And I built a pond. Yeah, I'll do that. I can see that. How long do you think like a, a one to five acre, I mean, preferably, I, well, not one, sorry, not one to five acre. Like how many acres of wooded area do you think you would need to sustain? Like if you had, like if you had a sawmill, how much wooded area would you need to like get you through most everything you would need? I don't think it's as much as people think. Uh, um, I mean, I know you do woodworking so like you would probably use more than the average person but i'm thinking more on the lines of like someone who only needs the wood to build stuff they need for the homestead they're not really like making projects or anything i don't think it'd be that much is it all wooded and you're trying to like turn this into a homestead with pasture no i'm saying like you already had your homestead set up you've got everything you need but like you're now just kind of like focused on maintenance and stuff or like maybe building new structures. Like if you had the, 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 the sawmill and all that and you could like take, you could clear some of your uh, wooded area to, to get the wood for that. Like how much, I wonder how much area you would need to realistically do everything you need to do. Not as much as people think because. I don't feel like it'd be too much. We're talking single-digit numbers here, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, would, we're talking, like, so. an acre. Yeah. Um, it depends on how much you're building, too. The, yeah. the goal isn't to deforest for no, me. No, no. Right, The yeah. goal is to take the less healthy, crooked trees, uh, sick trees, um, the weaker ones that are really just kind of in the way preventing strong growth for the ones that are like very healthy. And if we, if we take those less desirable trees, you're, you're making your woods better so you can run pigs in them, you know, whatever you want. Um, I would say for me to build everything I want, because I want to build quite a bit, I think five acres. I think with five acres, you could build a decent barn. Um, you'd have enough to do some runout sheds. You'd have enough to do some mobile shade structures. I think that would be about where you're looking. The only issue you run into is like, are we taking five acres of pine? Or are we taking five acres of cedar and locust, like rot-resistant woods, oak? Um, right. You know, if all you have is pine, there are companies, like there's one local to me, they, uh, 
they charge a dollar per per 16 foot board to pressure treat it. So really Mm. it's even if you got pine, like you want it pressure treated. You, you definitely want it pressure treated if it's going outside or ground contact, obviously. But if you have something like locust or cedar, that's naturally rot resistance, even Oak, like white Oak, um, white Oak will last a long damn time. Uh, you know, you're talking 10, 15 years, uh, before it's like really pretty much shot. You'll probably start to see it in about five to seven, but yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm definitely not into like just clearing it to, to clear it, but like if you had an area where, you know, you had, you could use it for some other use or it was something you just needed to clear. Like I was just thinking you could, you know, how much would it take to make, get the wood for the stuff you would need just as kind of like a dual purpose thing. But right. I definitely want quite a bit of uh of wooded area. Like I'm not going to, clear my whole property just to make it pasture. I, don't, I want a pretty significant amount of, of wood area. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure uh, where we're starting this episode. I guess it's already well underway, but I guess something we could talk about. Um, what are your, what's your machinery? Like, what is your opinion of, okay, I'm starting a homestead this is the machinery that I don't want to rent. I want to own it. Like I want it. And, um, I'm talking everything from like handheld machinery to like, you know, big pieces of machinery. Like what are you thinking you'll eventually need to accumulate ownership of, or have you thought about it or, or do you want me to go first? (laughs) I'm going to, can I pause it real quick? I got to go take a shit. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, uh, when I get back, I'll let you start. I'll, I'll go first. All right. I'm going to go take a shit. I'll bring it back. <laughs> All right. Oh, I feel better. Yeah. That was like, came on quick. <laughs> it's all that all coffee. Right. Yeah. It's funny because coffee doesn't normally do that to me, but. Oh, let's see. So machinery. Yeah, what kind? Like, what do you? What kind are you talking about? Maybe you can hit it. All first. kinds. All, All right. Kinds. So, I'm thinking, like, the necessities. Obviously, like, I'd like to have like two or three chainsaws of various types. Uh, I'd like yeah. a small one that's like battery powered. I'd like the one I have, which is like a medium sized commercial grade saw, and then I'd like something freaking massive. Um, inch bar, probably more like thirty to thirty-six inch bar. Oh shit! <laughs> like, okay. like big freaking saw. Um, like probably one of the biggest commercial saws available. Um, just I don't in even case. Know how much that runs, you know? Probably like fifteen hundred dollars. Probably fifteen to two grand. Um, but I would also like when I think of key pieces of machinery, like. I want uh, to get a manure spreader to own. I want to get a uh, a wood or a wood a sawmill for sure. Like, gotta have a sawmill. Um, 
already have a tractor, so that's kind of taken care of. Um, and then honestly, like a lot of people want like a four wheeler, like a UTV mule kind of thing, but those are like 15 grand. And to me, I don't see the value in them. So I would really like mm-hmm. a, a farm vehicle, like whether it's a, an older, like Jeep TJ, like, uh, or it's a, like, should has got a Comanche that I would love, um, or like even a Ford Ranger. And then I'd really like an old beat up super duty. Like I, I know you can borrow somebody's truck, but I am definitely past the point of an F-150. Um, like, I'm all, already past it. <laughs> yeah. And, and like you're in an apartment, you know, like, yeah, I haven't even I had, started yet. And I'm already, I have like a couple acre homestead and something as simple as like hauling fence post. They they put fifty fence posts in my F one fifty, and I literally thought the rear axle was gonna snap in half. Like oh, I was shit. unloading them, like fuck. <laughs> right. Um, you know I can't haul shit for gravel. Like realistically, an F one fifty would probably be fine if I had like a dump trailer or something, but the hauling Mm -hmm. capacity is really where it, uh, it comes apparent to me. Like I'm past the point of an F one fifty. Like I need, I need a serious truck. Yeah. I feel you. Besides that. I I mean, I think that's pretty much the route I'm thinking. Yeah. It's, it's hard to think. I mean, I do want to (laughs) get into some, like some, specific farming stuff. I don't know what it is yet. So there's that, but just along the lines of the homestead, kind of like what you said, I can see like maybe like a set of like Milwaukee battery powered um, tools, like the chainsaw and like the, some for outdoors, but also like a a nice, like a steel, you know, gas power. Cause I'm really not high on the battery powered stuff, but it's it's getting better and it's 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 good enough for like small use. Yeah. Um, I would like. I don't know how I'm gonna do it, but I would like an older like just truck that I can beat up and, and not care about um, at some point. And then as long as far as like the like farm vehicle, I do kind of want not an ATV, but like. Um, like you know the, like the John Deere they had at the training center. The Gator. Like little, yeah, yeah, something like that. I, not necessarily John Deere, but. Um, yeah, they're just so expensive to me. Like. Yeah, I just if if I get a big if I get the big the property that I size that I want, it will be more than useful as far as like getting around. Yeah. Um, and like hauling a little bit of stuff, so. Yeah, that's kind of, oh my god. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um that's kind of why I even said like an old Jeep TJ because I'm not exactly sure what that is. That's uh, so the Jeep it's a Jeep Wrangler between the years of 96 I think and 07. Um 
and you can find them for like routinely less than 10 grand. And if you get an inline six, four liter, they're bulletproof. Like, uh, Smokey's got one. And if he ever sells it, like I'm, I'm first in line cause I want it. Um, but the thing is you can rip the fricking doors off, rip the back seat out and still have like the gator type bed and still not have doors, four wheel drive. Um, you know, you can do a lot of the basic farm stuff with it and it costs less and has more power than a gator. So I'm like kind of leaning that direction and, um, Jeeps are easy to work on. Like, I don't know shit about gators, but you know, I can work on a Jeep. Um, so that's kind of like my rationale. Um, I, a lot of the farms like we visit, like everyone's got a freaking gator. Um, you know, the, the nice thing about four wheelers and gators and UTVs is the impact on the land is, is less, it's less weight. Um, they're smaller, they're more maneuverable. Uh, they're, they're, I mean, they were designed for that, right? The Jeep was not designed to right. be a farm vehicle. It was designed to be a off-road capable street vehicle. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. That's just kind of how I think about it though. I'm like, if I can get a, a used Jeep for five grand and get some use out of it, that's, that's all I really, really am looking for. Um, yeah, I mean, I, uh, there's, like I said, it's more like, like you said, the smaller footprint, it's, it's getting around. Like, I'm not, not one to do a whole lot of work out of it. Um, that's kind of what the truck would be for if I got to haul something or, or do some, like, actual work. I would do that. Yeah. But that's kind of just a pain in the ass, and it's not as maneuverable to, to drive around and, and get to places, especially if, like, you know, I want to cut paths through woods and shit. I want to have, you know, shooting ranges, places, and, and stuff. So, like, it's, like I said, it's really just an all-purpose get-me-around. And, again, this is assuming that I get the amount of land I want someday, which may <laughs> never happen. Who knows? I, but, like, if I, have, if I have, like, five acres, I'm not buying one for $15,000. Right. So, like, what, like, I get what you're saying. But if I got, like, you know, hundreds, you know, close yeah. like 100, 150, then, I yeah, think- probably some I think the other reason I'm more inclined to get like a Jeep or something is I don't plan on buying a lot of land. I plan on buying a good chunk and having like that as home base and then leasing a bunch of other land. So like with a Jeep or something like that, I can drive it there. Like I can take it on the road and like get to some of the properties that I'm leasing. Um, So like, you are paying to to use or you're yeah. leasing it out oh okay yeah, yeah like that I'm makes paying. a lot of sense yeah because you can rent land super cheap and then you know if you decide you want to buy more land you always can but then mm-hmm. you get into the like it's not connected so you have this big uh for lack of a better term you have this big agricultural empire and it's like right. all over the freaking place it's non what is that non-continuous non non-continuous yeah yeah so um ideally you know in a perfect world if i could just 
make it happen, it would be all one piece and I'd own it. But right. uh, finances, damn yeah. U.S. dollar. They're a bitch. <laughs> so, yeah, the sawmill is really like the big ticket item I'm looking at is, is really, I think it's going to, it's really going to change the way I think a homestead or a farmstead works is once you get a sawmill and you're milling your own lumber, you're doing it for yourself, but you also can mill other people's lumber. Um, so, and, and you're getting all the sawdust for deep bedding systems. Um, yeah. Cause like, that's, that's really what everything, everything I want to do revolves around rotational grazing and, um, deep bedding gotcha yeah i can't guarantee i'll ever get a sawmill i mean i'd love to have one but probably not as high on my priority list as yeah the other stuff um but yeah i do i there's still some like stuff i need for just like household stuff you know i, I mean i have i guess i have some stuff that my grandfather's gonna give me you know he's got a miter saw and he's got a um a joiner like i would need a planer if i ever wanted to get do some woodworking stuff um yeah stuff like that but yeah yeah and you know i just kind of got lucky a lot of the stuff that i take interest in uh it just crosses over nicely so like i've got my whole wood shop exactly oh Oh, yeah, I mean your your wood shop. Oh yes, yeah. Yeah, I for need sure. a welder. Definitely need a welder for um, sure. Especially because if we're talking about like trailer based systems, like I will probably never run an egg mobile like Polyface, where they have like they have two or three trailers connected that are essentially giant hen houses, and they move mm -hmm. them in and then they collect the eggs like i probably will never do that because i'm not into selling eggs like it's just not something right. i want to do um but for the mobile shade structure like you can't just go buy a trailer frame and you're like excuse me mr trailer dealer i'd like to buy one mobile shade structure structure please and they're gonna look at you like what um so it's yeah. like yeah i want a trailer that has a roof a big roof that's it so I'm not one to do that, but uh, you're going to have to, you're going to have to make it yourself. So, yeah. Yeah. Trying to think if there's anything else I'd really like. There's a whole bunch of stuff. I, it's hard off the top of my head, but yeah. hard, for me, it all, it's always a, a calculation. Um, it's my predicted amount of use, you know, renting versus purchasing, um, you know, why, almost like, you know, when I think about guns, like, okay, why am I, what is this for, what is the purpose of the, I mean, it, it can have more than one purpose, and I may not even know the second purpose at the time I buy it, but like, what is the role this is serving, um, and then, you know, is it something I can rent, if not, like, you know, am I going to reach the the point where of use where I have, you know, broke even. And usually if that's the case, then I'm, I'm, I can justify buying it. 
Yeah. So yeah, a lot goes into to when I think about, especially the bigger stuff. I think all it, the stuff we talked about, like chainsaw, that's you know, that's easily justifiable. Yeah, it all comes down to uh, the level of permanence, right? So yeah, um, how how permanent is what we're doing, right? So if I need to do a task. Is this something I'm going to need to repair or do again or, you know, use on a routine basis or whatnot? And then can I justify the cost? I mean, it's right back to the machinery and renting skid steers and whatnot. It's, I can't justify the cost. So rent, but like with a welder, you know, a thousand dollars and less, maybe 2000 and less. I'm not exactly sure. I know you can get them for fairly inexpensive, but you know, that's something I could justify a sawmill. That's five to $7,000. That's something I can justify. Like when you're constructing everything from scratch, like, yeah, that's a lot of lumber you're going to have to buy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And even with fencing, like, I can't wait to do, uh, it might be here in like the next two to three weeks, but like that episode on fencing, like permanent versus temporary and how to establish what's permanent and what's going to be temporary. Right. Yeah. So, but yeah, since there was no topic, this was just kind of a grab bag. <laughs> yeah. That's uh this episode literally started with a question, and here we are. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, hadn't even, like, really gotten to what we were going to talk about. I just happened to ask a question, and off we went. Yeah. We'll save it. But anyway. Here's something I was going to ask you that uh, this is, you know, might as well be asked on here. I was, like, researching, like, chicken tractors. Mm-hmm. I still don't quite understand the purpose. Okay. And so, like, as far, like, yeah, I like, as far as like the, the timing, I kind of understand some of it, but like, I just don't understand like why we're doing it other than just, you know, rotating. So the like, thing, why about, not let them go ahead. Why not let them what? I was just like, why not let them, you know, free range. And so, when we talk about the chicken tractor, like it's a solution for, it's a very like targeted um, idea. So it's, we're talking about broilers, like chickens that we raise up to nine, maybe 10 weeks and then slaughter, harvest, slaughter, whatever. Um, So the chicken tractor accomplishes a couple things it's you get the rotational grazing uh because you're moving them every day you get protection from predators because they're literally in a enclosure their entire life um you get and when i say predators i'm talking everything from dogs to hawks like you get that aerial yeah. protection too. Um, and you get 
to how do I put this? You get it's the targeting system. So like, okay, this 12 by 12 area, we're gonna hit it hard for a day, and then we're gonna move and hit the next one hard for a day. And so there's they're still putting everything that they put down in that area. Um, but we're doing it specifically for meat birds. Um and the point of the chicken tractor was to be highly mobile, secure, and low budget, right? So if we take um, the free range method, we've got, and also time, big time is really about time too. Um, if we take the free range method, we've got to protect them somehow. Right. That's time, whether it's a permanent fence, which is a lot of time and, then you don't get your targeted management, like your, your targeted uh, impact. Um, Cause it, it all comes back to high impact and rest, right? So the higher the impact, the more rest, the less fertile the land, the longer the rest. Um, so if we do permanent fencing, we don't get that disturbance and rest ratio we're looking for. Um, we just get disturbance. Um, yeah. So with the chicken tractor, we get to target the disturbance and manage the rest period while keeping them safe, and we can still get them everything they need. They get food, they get water, um, they get protection, and because we build them a certain way, when it comes to it, you got to keep them light. You got to keep them light enough that you can move them without a machine. That's where people go wrong is I see all these chicken tractors and they're like six feet tall. Chickens don't need six feet. They don't. They're only a couple weeks old. Like they don't need it. So we can run all these chicken tractors and run thousands, hundreds and or thousands of birds tens of thousands if you want that's really up there but that's like a big scale um but you can run all these keep them safe and then once you've built the chicken tractor and harvest it you can put more in that same tractor and just keep going and that's really all it is um it's not meant for eggs so it's about the it's about right so it's about like targeting the land and it's just kind of a benefit for the chickens, right? Exactly. Okay. So yeah, everything when it comes to livestock is a balance of disturbance and rest. So uh, depending on how fertile or how good your land is, you may have, uh, we, we could get into this, but it's like cows per day per acre is the formula for like cattle or chickens per day per acre, whatever. Um, the goal is to build the land so you get more cows per day on the same acre or more chickens per day on the same acre. And by gotcha. essentially trying to build the soil with their excrement, <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, that's and, the part, like, I was, when I was researching, like, I would get confused as to, like, whether it was for the chickens and that it was benefiting the land or if it was, like, more for the land and then also benefiting the chickens. It was kind of, like, like, they told, like, I read why they do it. I just didn't make sense as, like, you know, the purpose, the specific purpose of it. 
But yeah. that, that makes more sense if it's purely more of a land thing, you know. Yeah, because, like, dude, uh, uh, Thursday? Whatever, a couple days ago, I came home with my coworker who was, he drives to my house and then we both ride. Um, we got to my house and before I even pull in the driveway, I look over and I see a dog and I thought it was my dog. And I was like, how the hell did my dog get out? My wife's not home. And I look and it wasn't my dog. And I look closer. This all happened within like a second, maybe two or three, but like I look and I was like, that's my neighbor's dog with my fucking chicken in its mouth. Dude, my coworker owns chickens too. We were off. Like trucks still, it's a manual. I pushed the e-brake down, like threw it in neutral, left that bitch running, parked in the middle of my like driveway road. I was like, fuck everybody who has to get through. Like this is important. <laughs> I run after this dog yeah. and come up on a massacre. Like I lost, at the time I thought I lost 12 birds. Like my my electric fence is bent over. It's on the ground in like three or four spots. Chickens are, I've got dead chickens all over the place. I've got chickens that are not dead and suffering uh, still. I've got chickens in the woods, chickens in the fucking coop, chickens. I've got chickens everywhere, alive, dead, and injured. And I was like, mm. motherfucker. So the, the dog ran off, but I, I knew, I know the dog. And this, uh, it was the dog that caused all the damage, the fence and all that. Yeah. He, Jesus yep. Christ. And so I go inside and I get my 22 and I put down three birds. Like I, I look at them. One's like barely breathing. I was like, all right, I guess it was kind of like kick into old school, like paramedic mode going into triage. I was like, yeah, I was yep. I was like, this is a black bang, you know, had to put it down. Uh, I went to the next one. Um, it was suffering too. I put that one down and then I went to my last one that I saw that was still alive. And, uh, it was alive, like looking around and I like picked it up and its legs were totally freaking broken. And I had to put that one down too. And, uh, I didn't shoot the dog. Um, my neighbor was appreciative. He's not appreciative of the bill that he just got. Um, cause I, I essentially, this goes back to community. Uh, I was like, I've never had a problem with you. I've never given you no problems. We've worked together. You know, I've given you food from my own garden. Your dog just took food out of my mouth. Um, I don't want to call animal control. It's going to be a $500 fine. Instead, it's going to be a $500 fine plus the, uh, yeah. the money you owe me for my birds. And I was like, right. realistically, just pay me what the damage is and keep your dog out of my yard and in your yard, and I'm good with it, right? Luckily, it killed almost all roosters, which... I say luckily because that was just meat, right? Um, eggs. It, they were about to die. Unfortunately, I was literally getting ready to harvest them, like this upcoming freaking week. And uh, anyway. Well, they're, they're no good now, right? I mean, just... No, nah, they were torn up, and I'm not. You probably yeah. could, but yeah. I'm not, what... you know. Well, I've, well, I pictured it. I was probably like, yeah, they're 
they're probably tore up. It's no good. Yeah. Well, some of them came back. Um, two of them, I saved two of them definitely. And I actually saved the bird that he had in his mouth. Um, and it lived, but I did notice all my roosters fought all my hens retreated and it made me sad and happy at the same time that my roosters fought to defend my hens. Um, and a lot of them died. Like I lost all, but four, four or five. And he didn't get very many hens. He got two hens. You're a better man than I. I had to fucking bury that son of a bitch. I did tell my neighbor next time I am killing your dog. I was like, look, I hate to be this way. Keep your dog in your yard. Traps are in the ground. Like when in the moment. So also in the moment, I'm a very different person in the moment. Traps went in the ground and I was like, I'm going to starve this fucking dog to death. If I catch it, like I'm literally going to leave it in this fucking trap. Like, and I was like, no, nope, that's not humane. That's not what trapping's about. That goes against everything you've worked and stood for your entire lifetime with trapping. Don't tarnish what you do by doing that. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'll just fucking execute it. And then I was like, okay, that's not right either. Like, that's not, that's almost as bad. And so I, I was like, just keep them on your property. You know, we've never had any issues. This is just kind of the situation we're in. And like, if it happens again, I I'm going to have to like, I'm that's going well, to I mean, have to. That's why I say you're a better man than I, cause I would not have hesitated. Dude, have you get hole one. no one ever found them. The thing was killing that dog would not bring my chickens back. It would not put that food back in my freezer. And if the, so rational? if the tables were turned and my dog had gotten out and someone had shot it, I'd want to murder them. And we would never be friends, ever. Even if I, my dog was in the wrong, I could never allow that. And I was like, no, everyone gets one. You get one. And this is it. I'm telling you right now, this is it. Um, so I forgot how we got down here. Uh, oh, chicken tractors. So all that to say, this happened because the electric fence wasn't on. I never turned the electric fence off. Just throwing that out there. Not blaming anyone, but mm. something happened. Whatever. Letting it go. It's in the past. Won't change it. Doesn't matter. May have been me. Maybe. Don't think so. But it won't change anything. So the chicken tractor fixes that, right? Yeah, that, make, that makes a lot of sense. So, you know, you've got 50 birds in this tractor. That's a lot of damn. You, you, you could potentially be running thousands of birds in... The thing about dogs, they're your biggest problem, first of all, is other people's fucking dogs. Yeah. And the second problem is it's not like they're eating them and then just going away. They're killing them by playing with them like a dog would, you know? And so 
everything. Like they'll kill one. Oh, this one stopped moving. That's no fun. They'll go to the next one and the next one and the next one. And that's what a dog does. Um, so all that to say, that's kind of what the chicken tractors for is targeted land disturbance, uh, protection of the birds and, uh, the efficiency of it. Like you should be able to move your chicken tractor going back to weight. You should be able to move it by yourself without machinery in under 60 seconds. Right. Yeah. Like well, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, just... So really what's, is there until someone comes up with a better idea on how you can move uh, 3000 birds in let me see. 50, let's just say there's 50 per shelter. So yeah, like until you can move 50 birds in a minute um with no gas, no electric, no nothing, that's kind of the the standard, right? Like people build these massive chicken houses or chicken tractors and use four wheelers and whatnot and I'm like you're missing the whole point. That's, you're literally yeah, tearing up. Yeah. You're tearing up your grazing land. Literally, the best land you have, you're tearing it up. No, like that's not the goal. So, like, this goes back to the scale of how regenerative we are. I've seen people that are literally pulling their tri- chicken tractors with four wheelers, and I'm like, you're almost there. Like, you're so close. Yeah. yeah. Overshot like, it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. They, like, stayed for the first 60 seconds of their chicken tractor lesson, and then we're like, oh, yeah, I got this. Okay, I understand. And they and they yeah. leave, and it's like you miss the entire meat and potatoes of that lesson. Yeah. Um, and I'm so, sure it was a nice, big, old, strong tractor, but oh, you have dude, to fucking you can, use machinery to move it. It's <laughs> there are two models that I have seen that I like. Uh, one is the polyface model shocker. Um, the second, give me one moment where it's the guy that runs the, the grass fed something podcast. Hold on. Uh, grass fed life podcast. I forget where he's at and I forget his name. Um, some of my permaculture friends are going to blast me, but it doesn't matter. Just look up grass fed life. And that's, that's what I'm talking about. Those are the only two chicken tractors I've seen that make any sense to me. I've seen people make them at a four inch PVC because two inch PVC wasn't strong enough. Well, then you're doubling your weight. Um, I've seen people make them six feet tall. Well, you just quadru or you only need them two. So you just multiplied your weight by three, essentially. Um, you know, you see people use steel roofs instead of aluminum. Well, now, first of all, you're baking your fucking chickens in the summer and it's heavy as shit. Like, it's just, there is a way to do it and do it right. And there are ways you can do it and it'll make it harder on you, but you can still do it. Um, mm-hmm. But all that to say, like, those are the two models I like. I like, I like the wood model because if it breaks, you can repair it, you know, just... It's wood. It's not that hard. It's lighter than uh, metal. Um, it's lighter than, you know, pretty much any other material. It's heavy. Don't get me wrong. Wood is not light, but you can. Uh, we're not. We're not keeping in fucking buffalo, right? These are chickens. Uh, yeah. Like they're they're five to ten week old chickens. Like we're keeping them in and keeping 
uh, you know, 70 pound dogs out and, you know, two pound hawks. Like, right. it's not, we don't need an impervious fortress for our fucking chicks. We just need something to stop them. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the bottom line is don't overthink it, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Don't overthink it. Stick to the basics. Like, the, the, the polyface model, I think, is great. Uh, the grass fed life is, is, you know, just as good. Um, the other thing is you build them too tall and they start to catch wind and then they're flipping over. So any big windstorm you have, mm. you walk out the next day and you got 5,000 birds running around. 3,000 of them are dead. The other two are gone. Like, <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah. it's a, it's a nightmare. So like, uh, anyone that's tried to herd chickens. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? So and I will say as like a bonus note, if you do have to catch your chickens, first of all, if they get out, they're sticking near the flock. I promise you they're not going far. Second of all, chickens have no night vision at all. We have far better night vision than them. So if your chicken gets out, don't even bother until uh, dusk. Like I can go out there at dusk and they'll hear me. They'll look around and be like, what's going on? And they'll run around in a frantic trying to get to the coop and whatever. Just sit there and wait. They will eventually come and you can move a little bit and then you just grab them. They'll freak the fuck out because they just got picked up and they can't see. And then next thing they know, they're around all their fellow chickens. So that's how you do it. Good note. Yeah. So that that's kind of my thoughts on the chicken tractor. There's a we could do literally an entire episode on livestock mobile structures. And in fact, that's probably a good idea. Yeah, I'm I am almost positive we will do one. Yeah. Let's do it right now. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. But that's pretty much just a grab bag. Is anything else you want to throw in there? No, that's about all. Well, I didn't have anything, but <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> yeah, it's literally random conversation grab bag episode. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll do the housekeeping now because we never started the episode. We just went in cold. Um, so essentially, hold up. First bit of housekeeping. Last week, um, I forgot – uh, that my Patreon did not update. Uh, so we have two new Patreon subscribers, one from last week and one from this week. We have Willie C. Thanks, Willie. Appreciate it greatly. Uh, talk to him a little bit. Really cool guy. Um, and then we have this week, Free- Freedom Fundamentals. Uh, thank you. Thank you, sir. Um, talk to him too. He's a cool guy. Uh, if you want, with the Patreon, uh, there's two levels. Lower level is just value for value, and we're also giving the pre and post episode uh, to the $2 level. The $5 level gets pre and post show with archive episodes and a uh, episode and Patreon-only episodes, the first of which is going to be recorded this upcoming weekend after Thanksgiving, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, those are the two levels. We appreciate the support. Um, We take all that money and (laughs) not that it's a huge amount, but we take that money and we put it back into the podcast. So here pretty soon we'll be getting uh, some new mics 
and the audio quality should be a little bit better and more enjoyable. Um, also on Patreon, I think we're posting videos uh, of the episode. So if you'd rather watch, because there is a lot that goes on visually between Rob and I um, <laughs> that you don't pick up on when you just listen to it. So if you'd like to watch it, um, we're also going to put the video on Patreon starting either this week or next week. Um, and then one more thing the $5 level will do is we're going to do some uh, homestead videos where like we actually show you my homestead, some of the things I've tried and how great or not great they are because there's a lot of things I've tried that just did not work real well. And we can show you the actual impact of my chickens and how I rotate them through the woods and what happens. Uh, and then as we get into like gardening, I'll show you how I gardening season. I'll show you how I do some of that stuff too. Um, but that's, uh, that's pretty much it for, uh, the Patreon. Thank you both. Um, if you want to follow us on Instagram at Appalachian agorist, um, hit me up. If you want to get in the discord, we've been having live chats just about every week. Um, Cody from Agora brewing, put one on last night, uh, for crypto and blew a lot of people's brains. Um, and trying to think, I think that's pretty much it for Twitter. It's app agorist pod. We're never on there, but I do get notifications. So if you send us a message and that's how you do your social media, I'll see it. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's pretty much it for housekeeping. I'm going to try and have a couple subject matter experts on in the next four weeks. I think I've got, I think, what do what I say? We've got three we want to bring on. Yeah, yeah. I only know of two, but. Okay. Um, yeah, so we'll be doing that in the future. And uh, yeah, a lot of other ideas we have that are that are coming forward in the next probably four to eight weeks. So um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yep. And that so. covers it. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed the random conversation grab bag episode. Check us out next week uh, for your your weekly AA meeting. Till next time. Place the neon lights in the whiskey.